this is Hustle and Pro with Kelly Walker. Join Kelly as she talks sports with players, coaches, organizers, and entrepreneurs from BWE League to Pro. Now here's your host, Kelly Walker. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Hustle and Pro. Katie Logan is our guest. Hello and welcome, Katie. Hi. We're going to talk about softball today. Katie and Katie's journey as um, softball into the collegiate level. First, let's go ahead and get to know you with some of our quick hits. So, who is your favorite athlete of all time? Um, I would probably say Jenny Finch. Love her. Who's your favorite team of all time? Um, Probably UT. Do you have any superstitions with sports? I did on my shoe. So whenever I hit a home run, I would tie something on my shoe, like a little string, and then the whole season I had it on there because I thought it was good luck. (laughs) Probably was. Good. What about the farthest distance you've ever traveled to play sports or to watch sports? Um, I've traveled to Florida, so like 16 hours, probably the longest. Okay. Now I'm anxious to learn a little bit about your your softball life, but also some other things about you um, growing up in sports. So tell me about different sports that you might have played as a kid. Um, So I really loved softball first, um, but my second love was definitely volleyball. Um, I'm 5'2", for reference, so I'm pretty short. So I was always in the back, the one like diving around. Um, But I played that, and then I played basketball. was terrible at basketball, but I loved playing it. Um, And then, yeah, I just kind of stuck on softball. At what point was that? Like, how old were you when you stuck on softball? Um, I started select when I was about 10. So 10 you all the way up to college, I started playing. Um, and then I played volleyball and basketball throughout middle school, but nothing ever serious. It was just kind of for fun. Got it. So I love softball, too, personally. Um, people that have heard some of the intros to this Hustle & Pro might have heard me talk about that. Um, I just love the game so much, and as a kid, I loved the team camaraderie and just being at practice and the hard work you put in and like everything from uniforms and gear. Like I love, I still wear, use my old glove and all, like all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a family thing for me. It gave me really good memories with um, my dad, who was a coach and my sister, who we always, always played on the same team together um, that I'm super thankful for. So I'm curious about you. Like, what do you love about the game of softball? I, you hit pretty much the main points, um, pretty much the same for me. So I grew up playing softball every single weekend, um, always traveling throughout the weeks, doing practices, private lessons. And I think the best thing that I loved was just improving. Um, so each week I felt like I kind of would just get a little better and progress. And then also just being along with the team and the girls, once you get into that select group and you're with them every single weekend, you kind of get to gain that bond and the same throughout high school and college. So you were playing select. So you, well, what position did you play? Catcher. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so only catcher or would you rotate around? No, I bounced around. So I did third, short, second, and then catcher. I wasn't fast enough to be outfield. <laughs> okay. And so starting select at such a young age, were you traveling? Is this like a travel team to where you're yes. traveling all across different parts of the state? Yeah, so we would normally, when I was that young, it would just be around local ones, so like Flower Mound, McKinney, Plano, stuff like that. Um, But whenever I got into the college, I mean, not college, sorry, into the middle school and to high school, I kind of traveled a lot more. So there's like tournaments in Colorado, there's ones in Illinois, there's one in California. So those ones were definitely a lot more serious, but the younger ones, it was just local teams and we would just play 
you know, starting Friday night from 6 o'clock all the way till 10 o'clock and then playing Saturday throughout the day. And then, of course, if you get in the loser's bracket, then you play all Sunday. So to try to work your way back Mm -hmm. up. Off railing here, but who are some of your favorite catchers? Like I'm... Oh, gosh. Even baseball. I mean, if you have favorite baseball catchers. I really don't. Um, I don't know the girl's name. I would just always watch her. I'm terrible at people's names. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was always watch the College World Series. And there was one for UT. Again, I just, I've always loved the Longhorns. Um, and she just was a rock star. Like, she would just command the field, infield and outfield. She had so much confidence. And I kind of envied that because I felt like I haven't really gained confidence probably until the last two years. Um, and I think I would just wanted to always be that kind of catcher that didn't care what people thought and just said what needed to be done. But... Just kind of always held yeah, back. and kind of took the reins to lead mm-hmm. the team. I don't yeah. think people realize how much leadership is involved with being a catcher, yeah. right? So, so talk about that. Like you're kind of running the you're the pace of the game, right? You're the quarterback basically for you know as if you were football. So, um, yeah, you're talking to the pitcher to make sure she's doing good. You're talking to the first baseman, third baseman to make sure they're covering. Um, you don't really talk to outfield that much, but if you, you know do a, a team huddle. But, yeah, it's a lot of pitcher and catcher. I think a lot of people don't realize the communication that goes in between that because they think the catcher just sits back and just takes the sign and, you know, that's it. But it's really not. It's you have to get that trust of your pitcher so they know that they can throw whatever they need to throw and you're going to be back there to either stop it or catch it or throw someone out. Are you calling pitches or does – how how at what age was that dynamic come um, into play? It depended on what team I played on, honestly. Okay. So some coaches really they preferred to do their um, calls, and then others they said have at it. So college they definitely called them. Um, high school it just depended on the game they would let me call kind of once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a freshman pitcher or my freshman year. She was a senior. She was amazing. Shelby, oh gosh. <laughs> Her name is Shelby. I can't remember. But she was awesome. And they would let me call pitches for her, which was so much fun. Um, and then middle school was where I got to call more because normally those pitches aren't that um, advanced. So yeah. it's kind of curve screw changed fast. That's so fascinating. <laughs> Calling the pitches and what's coming next and just all the different things happening on the field that most people, if you're sitting in the stands, you you don't know right. all those things that yeah. are going on, that going through your head from what pitch is coming next to did you study up a lot on on opponent batters and their tendencies and so things like that? So college, yes. It was a lot harder in the high school. Well, high school you could, but high school select you could not because you're playing so many different teams. You don't really know. Like we would have teams that come from Colorado that come from you know California. So you can't really read up on them. The coaches would kind of scout and tell us. Um, but you can actually read a lot if you um, look at the way they stance, like in the box. Um, that's kind of how I figured out where the hitter was. And also after one pitch, you can kind of see their swing. And if they have a weakness, you can be like, oh, well, they're obviously dropping their back leg. So let's, I mean, not back leg, um, backhand so we can throw a a, a rise ball. Wow. That's awesome. Okay. So I want to talk about you playing at a D1 level. I know you've mentioned UT a couple of times, but what was your, what, where did you play? I played in Northwestern State in Louisiana. So it was a small D1 school um, in Natchitoches, Louisiana, so home okay. of the meat pies. <laughs> home of the meat pies? Yeah, yeah. Really? I'm a vegetarian, so I didn't eat them. Oh, that's but funny. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was what they're known for. And Christmas season. They have a big Christmas downtown. Okay, what is the them. city again? Natchitoches. Natchitoches. Okay, yeah. learned something new on here today. So tell me about playing um, at the D1 level and how that was for you, like the good and the bad of it. Okay. 
Um, so yeah, the good of D1 was you got everything taken care of for you. So you had all of your study material that you needed. You had um, hours that you could get tutoring for free. They gave you computers. Um, you know, you got all the gear. So you don't have to buy anything for softball. Um, the bad thing, though, is that they pretty much own you. So from the minute you wake up, it's 530 running. Um, and then six o'clock waits, and then you go to class normally from eight to 10. And then since I was a catcher, I also had to do pitching and catching outside of the normal, um, practice. And then I would normally have a two hour break and then I would go to practice from about four to six. And then of course you're studying right after that. So it was a very full day. Um, it's different to get used to if you've never been in that kind of realm, but playing select pretty much my whole life, you're kind of used to that. So it's not like it's any shocking of difference. I've heard that though before that they own you. They um, really do, and they're yeah. and and it's kind of a I don't know if it's just a, a division one thing, but some athletes will choose to maybe to downgrade and go to a different school because they can get more robust college life experience and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you, if you had it to do all over again, would you still go the path that you went, or would you change it up and have and had a different college experience? Um. I mean, for me, the main point of going to Natchitoches was pretty much a scholarship, so that determined a lot. Um, You know, my parents spent a lot of money on me going throughout middle school, high school, into college, so um, I kind of felt a little, I don't want to say guilty, but I kind of felt like I had to take the highest number and, you know, to make it worth their while since they spent all this time, money, and energy. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I did choose that school, but I also really liked it as well. Um, I liked a small town feel, definitely a lot smaller than Frisco. It was an adjustment to get used to. Um, but yeah, I don't think I would have changed it. I mean, I played through a uh, sophomore year. So sophomore year at the very end, I kind of decided that, you know, I kind of want to enjoy the actual college experience, get a job and figure out who the heck I am mm-hmm. outside of softball. Yeah. Because that was probably your whole freshman, sophomore year, right? Yes. Softball. Mm-hmm. What challenges did you face then, um, through that? I mean, maybe it was... Injuries, I mean, as a catcher, you're throwing more than almost anybody on the field because even the pitchers switch out. Yeah. So what were some of the challenges that you faced? Um, You're sore every single day. (laughs) There's not one day that you're not sore, Um, but I think that's pretty much any athlete. It's just kind of what you get used to. Um, But, yeah, I definitely had some injuries. Um, Going into senior year, I had to get wrist surgery because I had some random, like, one in a million chance that my bone in my left wrist, like where I catch, was too long. So they had to, like, shave it down so that way, because it was catching and, like, sharp pains. Yeah. And so going into your senior year of high school, you had a surgery? Yes. Did it bother you after that, or were you good to go? No, it was actually pretty much good, um, shockingly. But um, And then going into college, I had a lot more arm issues and then knee issues as well. My knees were always really tired. (laughs) Do you still play the sport? I don't. Um, I kind of went in a path where I just didn't want anything to do with softball after I, you know, quit and stuff. Um, now I'm kind of more up to it. I did do coaching last year and the year before and just like private lessons once in a while. And that was a lot of fun. I think it's cool to, I don't want to say give back because you're just, you know, teaching the kids. But whenever they, you show them something to do and they can mock you and do the exact same thing and they feel good and confident, I think that's the most rewarding part. So It's I giving have, back. It's yeah. for sure giving back yeah. because um, it's giving back to the kids, but the, the sport to keep mm-hmm. it to keep it thriving and introducing new kids to it or making kids better at it Yeah, and get them to love it like you did. So yeah. I think it's giving back for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so do you do a little bit of coaching 
on the side or private lessons kind of still, or is, are you already done with that? Um, I haven't done it lately. We've been a lot more busy in our personal lives. Um, but before, yeah, the last two years, I kind of would just once in a while, if a kid asks, like, I love giving catching lessons. That's still like my favorite, just being defense. I wasn't, I didn't love offense. I wasn't that great at offense, but defense was definitely where I succeeded. Do you still keep up with softball, like watching others, watching college level or here and around Frisco or like the national team? I'll watch a little bit. I love the College World Series. That's mainly where I watch. Um, I think it's most int- not most interesting, but it you, you follow a story, I guess. So it's like the best of the best, you know, play and do a tournament. Um, and then uh, I have a lot of friends, actually, that are still coaches. So I kind of sometimes go to theirs. But, yeah. Like a local mm-hmm. around town? Um, one of my friends works at Coppell. She's an assistant coach there. So, so how long have you been out of um, – how long ago was your sophomore year in college? I mean, you've been out – um, I've been out, I graduated like three-ish, okay. three and a half years. Okay. Yeah. So I'm way, way older than you. So I am, I always, when I go watch softball now, I think, man, it's changed a lot since yeah. my little, little league softball. Mm-hmm. Um, well in high school and just for fun in college rec stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm old lady softball player, but I noticed how much it's changed. It just yeah. seems so, it's just so much faster, up a level, intense, so yeah. fast. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, everything about it seems different. So do you see it changing, even from just a few years you've been out of it, if you're still observing it with your friends who coach? I do. I see the hitting changing a little bit, like the form. I think that always kind of just evolves as the new um, sorry, <laughs> as the new pitchers uh, learn new pitches. I think you have to kind of adjust your stride and your you know swing to that. Um, and I've noticed a lot of like the way they call pitches, I feel like. So a big thing in our college was everyone to pick off our signs. Mm-hmm. So we had to constantly be changing them out. And now you see kids with um, those little armbands with numbers mm-hmm. and they switch them out halfway through the game. Like, that's just crazy to me. Before, even when I was younger, they didn't have anything like that. It was just, you know, touch my chest, touch my nose, okay, right. you're bunting, you know. Old school. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's for for sure how I remember it. Yeah, the technology and yeah. the gear mm-hmm. can change that, can mm-hmm. really, like, influence the game so much. Yeah. Um, like you said, the armbands and just the different ways of technology the of tracking too. things. <laughs> yeah, and the bats. Yeah. Bats have changed so much mm-hmm. and just all the equipment. So it's kind of fascinating to go see these girls play and just how far along they've, how much farther along they've come since back yeah. when I And I think they get more school. respect now, too. Good. In my personal opinion, I feel like before when I would say, oh, I play softball, they're like, oh, you know, the normal general things yeah. you hear back from that. But now I feel like, oh, wow, that's awesome. Like, what do you play for? What do you do? You know, do you have a high rate reel? Stuff like that. So I think it's that girls have definitely earned the same respect, you know, as guys do in baseball. Good. They deserve it. I hope yeah. so. Yeah. It's such a great sport and it's so different from baseball, yet I love baseball because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, baseball is more accessible, so I watch a lot of baseball on TV and, of course, some of the rules and dimensions are all different of the field, but the gist of it is is the same sport, yeah. you know, so, um, so I think softball girls should get yeah. all that respect that they deserve. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time. I want to note that I know you through our building here. Um, yeah. Our podcast studio is at UNT's Inspire Park building, and you work here, right? I do, yes. What do you do here? Um, So I kind of help on the tenant side. So I help to make sure any space that we're renting out, that they're equipped, nothing's wrong, maintenance-wise. We just make sure um, to make your experience officing here the best it can possibly be. And then I also help with events, and then we also host Inspire Frisco events, so I can help run with that. Awesome. Well, you guys hook us up, and we love our new studio. So 
thank you for popping in here and joining us and telling us about your softball journey. Yeah, thanks for having me.